Welcome to The Deep Dive. I'm your host, Philip McKenzie. I'm an anthropologist, strategist, with a focus on culture and humanity-centered design. I'm Brooklyn-born and Brooklyn-made. Every week, I will bring you guests from a wide variety of backgrounds who, despite their different areas of expertise, have one thing in common. They aim high, push boundaries, and make things happen. Their experiences drive insights. This is part two of the deep dive conversation with Derek Walker, founder of Brown & Browner, an advertising agency based in South Carolina. In part one, we dissected the creative challenges within the advertising industry. And now we take on perhaps the largest elephant in a room of elephants, the lack of diversity. Because I want to get into the diversity stuff, but I want to ask about this qualitative versus quantitative, which is part of this human conversation, right? This It's how do we figure out to ask better questions? And I saw there was blowback because you kind of pushed on, on quantitative. And I'm on the qualitative side of that fence. If I have to choose where I start, that doesn't mean I don't use quantitative measurement. But I think every situation calls for different things. That's my own sort of editorial. But I want to hear from you why you think people view this as a fight when it doesn't need to be, in my mind. Maybe it does. I, I, I don't know. But what do you think about that? I don't think we have to fight at all. What we have to understand is some of us, by specialization, draw ourselves into a fight. If you select qualitative and that's all you're going to stand on, right? Then you naturally are trying to sell qualitative over quantitative. You're taking part of where you should have had a nice, healthy mix, where you could get, you could have a healthy mix. See, once we draw a line in the sand and say, I'm this or I'm that, guess what happens? That's who we defend. That's why ad agencies screw themselves over on, di on digital. I'm not a digital person. I'm not a TV person. I'm, a client person. I love qualitative. Here's where I think qualitative is wrong. Now, we don't get out. I love qualitative. I think we almost have to be people watchers. And we're not teaching the young ones to be people watchers. They don't get out of the office. They, a focus group is a, is a true picture. Have you gone to the mall? No, I never go to the mall. Well, is the client in a mall? Yes, but you never go to a mall. We don't know physically. How many people doing research know how human beings shop in a car dealership? When was the last time someone sat in a car dealership and watched people shop? Stood in a restaurant and watched how people interact with the restaurant. Depending on the, the type of restaurant, there's a, a ton of qualitative information that's sitting there that we don't do. We don't get creative about qualitative research. So the, that's the, what I'm saying. The field trip aspect of it, get, kind of getting out of our, our silos, you know, this de-siloing I like yeah. to talk about. It's not only in mindset, but it sounds like you're saying it's in practice. Yeah. I mean, if you're a researcher and I'm not, I own that. I'd like to be, but I got so many other hats to wear. I don't get to. I used, we used to walk around at lunchtime. We could get up, if you worked at an ad, they, I hadn't, I don't think I worked at an ad agency where I was re ever required to sit at a desk. So the creative team was out and about. We would, we'd go to the mall. 
and walk around and it's like, hey, you see that? You see this? You know, we're out there. How often do you see that now? And that would make qualitative, here's the flip, I'll flip it. That would make quantitative research a lot stronger. Yeah. Because if you had that understanding of human beings, we don't, I mean, I catch a lot of flack for sitting in Starbucks, but then people don't see these trends. Yeah. These kids, I mean, I sit in the Starbucks that's next to the University of South Carolina, 40,000 plus students. But down the road is two HBCUs, two historically black colleges. So you can imagine what comes into the Starbucks. Yeah. It it gives you an opportunity to see differences and similarities in very distinct groups. Yes. And my problem with research is we made it clean. You know, don't tell me what people think about a, a, a burger. Have you gone to the burger restaurant? No. Then what do you know? A burger served in a focus group is not the same as a burger served in a restaurant. Yeah. I'd hate to be so simple about it, but it's just that simple. The way we collect research, the way we do research and collect data, that's where I think the, the problem is. I think qualitative is the secret sauce for everything because it's more about the human being. But the trends and everything and how people behave, because a person alone behaves differently than a person in a group. So you need both of them. And you need to be good at both of them. But you also just need to be in the world. I hate the commercial for the car company where the little boy is walking through the city with his face planted in the cell phone. And he walks back, walks past, he he sees absolutely nothing. And he walks into a neighborhood and his mother is backing out and she catches him in the rearview camera. So she doesn't hit him. And the child never looks up. And I know they're trying to sell the camera, but the father in me wants to walk over and slap the phone out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's understanding that that human dynamic of what it's really like, right? Yeah. It's like he, he walks through a crowd of joggers and never sees the joggers. He, it's a strange commercial. And here's the bad part. I'm so pissed that he never looks up that I don't know what the car company is. Yeah. <laughs> Here's, here's the funny part. Their research says that these kids are walking around. There are a lot of obstacles because everybody's watching their phone. But the execution ended up hurting them because it focused on that, that finding. Yeah. They kind of got lost in that one detail. Yeah. So there we go. And did I answer that? You did I don't answer know that. I, I, because I yeah, think it's, okay. But I think there is no one answer. It's an ongoing yeah. It's an ongoing conversation, and I and I think you got to we got to use these things as needed when needed. I I'm qual first, understanding that the quantitative is is there to support. I want to use some of our time to obviously talk about something that I think is important to both of us, obviously, which is the lack of diversity, the lack of representation within marketing and advertising, and it frustrates me. A because this is an this is a reality that has existed forever, with with no improvement in sight. So I'm editorializing a little bit here, but it also really bothers me to have this conversation with us, meaning with people of color, 
black people, however you want to chop us up, because we're not the ones that have to solve this. So, so having editorialized all of that and hating to put the burden on us to have this conversation, because you've been someone who's been very outspoken, and I agree with you. I, I wrote a piece very recently talking about zombie ideas of in advertising, and one of them was that diversity and inclusion is a pipeline issue. I don't believe it's a pipeline issue. You very publicly highlighted a different creative, a different person in marketing and advertising. I believe that was Black History Month this past yes. Black History Month. Every day you you highlighted somebody. 20, 29 people. So clearly this is not a function of available talent. This is a, a problem of, of will, of imagination. So tell me, like, what do you think is at the root of this problem, in your, in your opinion? I think it's fear. Fear of different. There's a, a level of comfortableness in, in being around folks who are like you. There's a, a whole litany of, of things about belonging in groups that we could spend time on. But deep down in their hearts, I think, I don't think people are racist. Let me start there. Mm-hmm. I think they're prejudiced. Racism and prejudice isn't the same. And we have to be careful that we don't call people racist because of what they're, how they're, they're, they're unconscious and their conscious biases are affecting their prejudice. But I think a lot of this is, um, okay, first of all, diversity is a white person's problem. And I say persons because I have trouble with the idea that we are going to fix women's issues and then get around to black folks. True. I just do. I've had white female bosses and I've had white male bosses. And both of them were equally horrible. So it's not a, I've had white bosses, male and female, who were brilliant and fun to work with. But let's be honest, this is a white person's problem to fix. We have no trouble, I have no trouble with hiring. If you gave me that same position, I'm hiring the best person qualified. The problem is, is when we say best person qualified, they're saying the best person qualified that deal that fits into my prejudice and my bias. And they don't even know that they're doing it. That's why I say I think it's fear. The the main reason this hasn't been resolved is fear. To fix this, we're gonna have to have the hard conversations about race and discrimination that nobody wants to have because white people want to be feeling good that they have now evolved beyond slavery. But have you really, if you won't hire people, you're keeping people in a form of economic slavery. There's the fear that if we, all things are equal and balanced out, that we would do to them what they have done to us. So I hear people going, but if we, if we do this diversity thing, how many, how many white people, how many white men have to lose jobs? None. If you're good, you're good. Yeah. You know, but there's that mindset in there that there's a cost that's going to happen. And all of this is imagined. We don't know because we've never tried. (laughs) There's so many factors that keep this from happening. But the, the biggest one is that this is always put back on the, the aggrieved. The person hurt is required to fix the system. And that's the biggest mistake on the planet. And I would also add to that, the, the group 
or the people that don't have the systemic power to address yeah. the situation, right? Like, I wish this were the case, but I don't have the budgets to hire indiscriminately. You know, I don't have the money to invest in the particular startup or or what have you to, you know, mm-hmm. advance an agenda that fits my perspective. And I think those that are moneyed, whether they're individuals or they are institutions, have the ability to through their resources to advance their particular agenda, right? So when we're brought to the table, we're brought to the table to discuss diversity and and inclusion. And it's one of my pet peeves with conferences and all the rest of us because we'll see all these different categories, but we're only brought in to address this one particular issue rather than our expertise in any number of different things. That to me is not diversity. First is Asian men. That's the first people we'll hire. That's the most attractive group. Then Asian women, then white women. And then here's where it gets real funny because it's opposite of society. We'll go black women, Hispanic women, black and Hispanic men are sort of tied at the bottom rung because for whatever biases or prejudice that we carry into into our society, those are the least attractive to hire. And you see it play out in advertising a lot. You're seeing a bunch of women of color being hired, but no men. And I don't know why that is, but until we address the hierarchy, and we should, the hierarchy actually means we should flip our efforts and start with the ones on the bottom and work down. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But my dad is so funny about this. He described it as we talk about it. He goes, you know what you guys need? Y'all need a triage system. Yeah. It's an emergency. Yeah. But the most injured gets the most attention because what we're doing now is not a triage. It's like, okay, it's not even an emergency room. It's like, okay, we just showed up for appointments. Yeah. Well, one person, one person showed up for the appointment with their arm ripped off. And we're still telling that person, well, wait your turn. As soon as we get through with everybody else, we'll get back to you. Yeah, we're uncomfortable with these conversations. And, and you know, it pits people against each other that should be allies. And and that's one of the things that really frustrates me. So I'm glad to at least open the door toward, toward putting this out there, right? That it's not about us versus them. It's just about looking at a situation systemically and figuring out what can you really do to address it? Because if you can't have one part of the conversation, you can't have all the others, at least not effectively. Can you have true diversity if we leave any group behind? Yeah. See, first of all, I will say this, and if if I catch flag for it, I bless the good. Come at me. I'm on social media. Find me, and we can talk about this. The diversity initiatives in advertising were not set up for everybody. They were set up to address a historic wrong done to one class, one group of people. And what we did is we have allowed it to sort of be hijacked. And while that one group of people were never really addressed, we keep coming in and pushing them further and further and further and further down the the list. And what ends up happening is we we have companies and agencies saying we are diverse because we have 30, 40 percent, 50 percent women. But all the women are the same. That's not PC. That's not it's not easy or comfortable. But we have to understand that 
you haven't fixed anything. Advertising's had strong leaders that were white women. Advertising has not had strong leaders who were black men. I'm talking about general market shops. Yeah. And we'll throw one or two in in the last 40 years. We've had less than five CEOs that were black men. But we'll throw those five out there like, oh, we've accomplished something. Yeah, same names, same faces. And we're talking decades. (laughs) Decades. It's a challenge, my friend. The first initiative, the first advertising initiative program started in the late 60s. That puts it at least 50 years old. And we're still here. But to your point, I, I, I disagree with you on one thing. It doesn't require money. It requires a commitment to power. If you have agencies who wake up and go, we're going to change our direction. And the CEO says they're going to change their direction. Nobody in the organization goes, well, I don't believe that. And I'm not going to work towards that goal. But you have the same CEO stand up and say, we're going to address diversity. And people go, I don't think we should do that. I'm not going to participate. That's power. That's all that is, is pure power. I have never worked for a boss who I could tell him, you know what? I, I understand what you want to do, but I'm not going to do it and get to keep my job. So sooner or later, you just have to rubber ass and meet the road. And if you're not going to do the job, then maybe you need to go away. Now, I said earlier, I don't think people have to be to lose their jobs. But if you refuse to, to go the way the organization's going, then that may be your option. I want to use the rest of our time to go through a couple of new sessions that I have. And the first one's called Off the Dome. So those who are, who are knowledgeable about hip-hop, knowledgeable about freestyle culture, will understand that coming off the dome is just a, the first thing that I, that I ask you. I just want to hear the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Some of these are going to be either or. It's kind of fun, but I just want to hear what you have to say. And this is going to be our, you're going to be my first off the dome. Now you do under, you do understand, and this is a, a, le- a legal disclaimer that I have to put. I am not a nice human being and I ain't right in the head. So what you're about to get, you asked for. I did ask for it. And a disclaimer accepted. All right. Okay. Here we go. Your favorite brown liquor, rum or whiskey? Whiskey. Choice of two movies, Five Deadly Venoms or 36 Chamber of Shaolin, otherwise known as Master Killer. Which one's your favorite? There is no choice. There's Five Deadly Venoms. Oh, wow. Like, clear on that. Five Deadly Venoms is the greatest martial arts film ever made. All right. What? What? The Shaw Brothers, man. Oh, good God. You know, you think, see, you do, you, you used to hanging around young people, see, who have no clue. <laughs> Five I, Deadly I, Venoms wins it. What is your favorite fail? What fail did you have in your life that you learned from the most? Okay, those are two different things. What's my fit? What's my favorite fail? And what's the fav- the one I learned the most from? The one I learned the most from was my divorce. Okay. That was not my favorite. All right. That was <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear on that. That was not my favorite. Oh, matter of fact, that was not no, I still I think my favorite fail was actually um I quit Toys R Us on a whim. I let my emotions get in the way. 
And it was a, it was the beginning of a set of lessons I just needed to learn. Okay. What client out there needs you the most? Oh, you're about to get me in trouble because I know the CMO. Facebook needs me the most. Okay. Fair enough. But, but Facebook is not ready for me. Fair enough on that as well. Okay, and this is the last one. Grimiest dunk. Dr. J or Vince Carter? Once again, I mean, come on. You, you're dealing with young people. Dr. J dunked on all the Lakers. All of them. <laughs> All of them. Vince Carter dunked on one person, and that was that was a crotch dunk. But Dr. J dunked on everybody. He showed the ball to all of them. Let them reach Spalding across it before he slammed it in. He embarrassed the whole starting five. Now, you got to pick which dunk you want from Dr. J. Dr. J embarrassed the whole – I mean, it was a whole generation of, of NBA players walking around on posters that didn't even – just because Dr. J's um, – crotch was above their heads there it is i think i'm gonna go out on a limb and these jordan fans can come at me i don't think jordan would be jordan if there was no dr j oh i don't think that's something for to get at you about i think that's that's just knowing the game knowing the history of the game and if dr j hadn't spent so much time in the aba but had come straight into the nba and we can thank the celtics for not drafting him because they didn't like that Urban ball. I had to do the air quotes on that. So that's why the Celtics have never been my favorite, even though they had Kevin Garnett. There's um, one more thing I wanted to give to you. We are starting the Creative Kumite. Did I send you that? You did send me that. And that's on my list of things. So I'm glad you brought that up before, before we drop. And actually, maybe this, I don't know if this is going to be your drop, but there's a, the last session I want to do is is literally called the drop where you get a chance to share something with the audience that you think is important that you think is vital that you think they should know i'm going to share one you can share one i'll do mine first because mine is fast love jones is coming out on netflix i think is one of the greatest movies ever made it's going to be available for streaming for those of you who are listening who have not seen love jones i highly recommend watching this movie it is a near classic near it is a classic near perfect flick and that's coming on netflix so that's my drop for this session tell me your drop okay i got two then now that you put that out there good you need have you ever seen drop squad of course okay there's a whole generation that hadn't seen drop squad they need to see drop squad if they're going to see love jones drop squad is a commentary on on us that is just amazing the next thing is the creative kumite. We are in the process of building an advertising competition. We do not have that many competitions. We have ad shows. The idea being we come together and we actually compete against each other on a level playing ground because the people that work on Nike have been accused of having an advantage over the people who worked on feminine hygiene products. I think that's true. You know, how funny can you be with feminine hygiene products? How funny can you be with detergent? How funny can you be? Nike is has such a long palette to work with that they've had enjoyed an advantage. That's not hating on Nike, because if you gave me the same thing, I would love to do the work. But we, we are doing a competition where we bring creatives together and we let them play against each other. And the reason I'm doing this is, and um, 
We're chasing sponsors and we will get this up in the next year or so, I hope and pray. But the idea being, as far as you talked about diversity, the reason I've had a career for 30, 25 plus years is I've always never shied away from the fact that I am who I am. So when I worked with somebody, I was happy to show you who I was. And that meant we got to know each other. And the more we worked and played together, the more we were friends. And I think there's how diversity changes. You bring a group of diverse people together for three or four days, you can't work together and not come away feeling different. How do you change your heart and mind? And that's what we haven't been doing. So we're going to be doing the Creative Kumite. If you, anybody wants more information about it, I feel free. They can reach out to me. I'll be talking about it on Twitter and LinkedIn. I don't do much business talk on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. That's for friends and family. It's been a pleasure having Derek Walker join me on The Deep Dive. You can listen to The Deep Dive via Apple Podcasts and our website, thedeepdivepod.com. Download, subscribe, listen, and share. To all my listeners, wherever you are in the world, wherever you are in your life journey, I thank you, and I'll see you on the other side.